Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy, thanks to Bark. Every month, we deliver toys and treats just for your dog. Whether it's fun, plush, or tough toys for heavy chewers, we spoil all the dogs. Subscribe now and get a free upgrade at BarkBox.com slash iHeart. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A dot com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I got to change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Hey, everyone. It's Johnny from the Johnny Drinks Podcast. If you like what you hear, please feel free to share with a friend. Leave a review. A little goes a long way. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. It's a great opportunity here to not only have my friend, Bill Pascal, international superstar, well, gaming expert is really always international gaming expert, has uh, the third... You have to say it like that. <laughs> Actually, the third, there's one, obviously the original. There's two, Due. And there's three, the third, BP3. And then there's four, Quattro? I don't know if we're... IV. IV, do we... Well, we'll come back to him. Roman he Roman. hasn't he hasn't done any, really anything yet, but I, I have a feeling he's, he's got gonna, a nice new he's job. A, he's on some trajectory, so yeah, we'll, nice we'll, that's job. his son. So, yeah. you know what? I want you to explain the difference between... The namesake of a first, second, and third versus a junior and senior. Do you know that? Do you know the difference? No. Do you guys know? You don't? So your dad and his dad, same name. Okay. When it's a junior and a senior, I believe you share the same middle name oh, as yeah. well. Yeah, right? Right. So a lot of people say, oh, junior, senior. We're not really junior, senior, although you can identify different as, middle names. Yeah. So people will say, oh, senior, call him junior, but we have different middle names. People refer to you as BP3, which is really cool. That's a cool handle. And um, it has all to do with, again, your, your, your father, obviously, uh, the legacy of that. Your family's very entrenched in the political scene, right? You can talk a little bit about your dad. I want you to share with us some of your background and just uh, then we'll kind of let, let it fly. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to be here, John and, and John Jr. <laughs> um, you've had such a, a meteoric rise in your career I've, I've, and I've known you for a long time. I'm, I'm really uh, thrilled at, at where you've gone and the struggles you've gone through. So it's, it's appreciated. Thank you. Uh, my grandfather came off the boat 
when he was six years old from Italy. And he swept out rail cars. Never went to school, ever. My grandfather ended up working for Richard Nixon at Mudge Rose, the law firm, the famous Nixon law firm, <clears throat> with no college education because he worked his way up through the railroad. Came to Patterson, settled, married my grandmother, Rafi Lafredo. And he had uh, his first child was my dad, William James Pascrell Jr. I am William James Pascrell III, comma, Roman numeral three. And my son, Billy, who just turned 30, is William J. Pascrell IV, we call him IV. It's a proud legacy. Whether Billy decides to have a fifth, that's up to him. Oh, he's got but to. But as your dad just pointed out so eloquently, you only get that sort of royalty if you have the same name. Right. But people are doing it today just because nobody follows rules anymore, and that's okay. Um, John, you met my dad many times. You've met my son, Billy, and I think you have too, Johnny. Mm -hmm. But um, you would have loved my grandfather. My grandfather was not a Democrat. Hmm. My grandfather was a Rockefeller Republican, um, a rules follower, uh, a big supporter of gun rights, uh, but a big supporter of liberties and freedoms. And his son turned out to be a U.S. congressman. That's a Democrat. The sure. former Mayor <laughs> Patterson, a legislator. So my dad's had a public service career. What I like to say to break his chops, he's never had a legitimate job. He's always worked for government, school teacher, college professor, <laughs> assemblyman, legislator, mayor of Patterson for eight years, and then went to Congress. So he's in his 30th year in Congress. And he's a good egg. He's what I call uh, a right-minded Democrat. He's not to the left, but he's also not to the right. He's kind of right down the middle, trying to bring people together, a populist. Um. You know, my background's pretty simple. Born and raised in Patterson. Went to Patterson School, School 26. Um, I was the only white kid in my kindergarten class. So my children can pick me out of a lineup in the class very easily. <laughs> I stand out pretty well. But, you know, what that has given me is an appreciation for diversity and inclusion uh, and equity. Um, not just because it's the right thing to do, but the lived experience. Um, and, and I like that. I, I, you know, we shouldn't judge people by the way they worship their God or by their sexuality or by the way they cook their food. We should respect all people. And you may disagree with their political views, but how can you disagree with something they were born into? Of course. Mm. Um, Patterson is, uh, a, a love for me. I love the city. It's called the Silk City where the Colt 45 was built and the, the first locomotive steam engine, um, uh, the submarine, et cetera. There's so much history. And my dad, and I'm proud of him for it, uh, when Obama was president, was able to get a bill passed to name the Great Falls designated a national park. I was park. just going to ask you. And it's really that, yep. cool. Like most people don't know, outside of Niagara Falls, it's the largest waterfall uh, in the eastern region of the country. Really? It, it's a cool place to visit. We are dedicating, which is right up your guy's alley, uh, Larry Doby, who's the unsung African-American ball player yeah. from Patterson, played for the Cleveland Indians. Jackie Robinson deservedly gets all the credit. Larry Doby was right behind him mm. well, and went through some major struggles. So Hinchliffe, Hinchliffe Stadium, which is right next to the Falls, just did a yeah. $100 million redevelopment project with restaurants and the, the Jersey... Uh, jackals yep. from mm -hmm. Montclair are going to start playing there. 
Uh, many high school teams will play there. We're trying to get a soccer team. Um, that dedication is May 17th, and we'll have a bunch of politicos there. Larry Doby's family will be there, and then a much, bunch of Mets and Yankees and so on and so forth. So, so it, very interesting, poignant for me. I had the luxury, pleasure, opportunity. Larry Doby, when I was 18 years old, um, came and gave us little hitting instructions. Oh, so I played wow. baseball. Oh, you're a baseball yeah, player. Yeah, played baseball right, at Verona, right? And Larry Doby came to my Legion team. Wow. And we were not familiar with who Larry Doby was, but you know, learned as we got certainly a little older to appreciate it. So I got to meet him, and that was really cool. And he was talking to us about hitting and some of the, the things that he went through and some of the struggles that he yeah. encountered, to your point, playing and breaking into uh, you know, Major League Baseball. Um, the falls, as you pointed out, and you may not remember this, but after any storm, after any big rainstorm, you go down to the Patterson Falls, and it's Unbelievable! Unbelievable! It is right. The, the 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 power of that water and the spray and the mist that just it's it's something that if you're in the North Jersey area in Patterson, you got to go see. Right? You just just you know stop over. And there's a lot of history down there with railroads. So there's some cool museums and stuff. So it's a nice little niche place to visit if you you have a Saturday afternoon you want to kill. But. Let me tell you something, John. You're spot on, uh, Johnny. You have to go see it after a storm because photos or YouTubes or videos don't justify it. Right. You get the mist when you're like a half a mile away. I mean, we live three minutes away. I'm, yeah, surprised, you're right I've never, there. I'm surprised I've never done it. I believe I've taken you as a, as a small... You probably did. As yeah. a small buck. Yeah, I've taken... The old Patterson sure, Falls, huh? I'm, I'm telling you, I know I've taken Victoria so there. Let me I tell you a funny story. Your, your dad will know this spot on. You may, because you're very well learned. Um, in 1992... When Billy the Fourth was born, July third, we used to have what's called the Great Falls Festival. My dad's Mayor Patterson, Philippe Petit. If you don't know this name, you will. Philippe Petit's the guy that walked across the World Trade Centers on a wire. Mm-hmm. Like who does that? Yeah, he Philippe, did it back Mr. and Mr. forth and <laughs> and spun around and like wow. My dad got him to come to the falls to walk across the falls on a tightrope. And then he has a little motorcycle he does it with, and my dad was under it, right? And it's not as high as the World Trade Center, obviously. But in the middle of him going across, my son Billy was born. So my dad says, take me back, gets off, goes to the hospital. But Philippe Petit is a phenomenal character, French, and walked across many different you know, gaps. But to have him come to the falls is very famous, and it's, it's known. People today don't. Yeah appreciate that stuff that's insane. as much yeah pretty cool wow that's dan would do that the guy behind the camera would, would for sure walk across there the he he looks yeah. like a philippe yeah, team, very nice. fat yeah, he's and, crazy, he's and trim yeah, and well, loose cannon we call him. oh i like that yeah, yeah, you know I like what he's that. gonna do you gotta be a loose cannon to do that stuff yeah 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 um so yeah i think there's there's so many things i want to hit on today and i love the fact that you brought up your background we appreciate that let's let's get into the gambling right because that's what you're first of all I don't even know what the term lobby means. Like, what does it mean to lobby? So the U.S. Constitution has what's called the freedom to petition the government. What I do for a living is constitutionally protected. Lobbying, John, is what I call, I do it in a more elegant way, but what I call educating and advocating a position for an entity, a union, a business, an operation, an organization, an industry, 
bar owners, pharmaceutical, petrochemical, whatever, whatever their issues are, it's lobbying, arguing the government okay. to understand and appreciate your position. Now, the term lobbyist comes from a beautiful hotel bar. Uh, the hotel bar is called the Robin. The hotel's called the Willard, two blocks away from the White House. Hmm. And in the early days of the U.S. government, the presidents of the United States used to come across to have a drink. And in that bar, they referred to it as a lobby, the lobbyists, the advocates, the legal would come in and kind of grip and grin and try to argue their position. Right. Don't raise taxes. Don't ban this. Don't do that. So like I lobby cannabis. Right. Medical and recreational. So I have to convince the government that that's okay to do and here's why. And I always say what I do, I educate before I advocate. If you don't understand the cannabis industry, why would you support it? Right. You got to right. understand it and then be able to make an informed decision. So Does that make sense? Totally. Cool. And so you, you started from what I know, with gambling, right? Gambling and sports gambling is what you really started lobbying for? No, he's been lobbying for... So I've been with my... My firm is 36 years old. It's founded by my partner, Dale Florio. No relation to Governor Florio. Mm -hmm. Dale is a Republican. He needed a Democrat to come in. Mm -hmm. He was always fearful if he brought me in, I'd run for office. I'll tell you right now, spot on. They say never say never in politics. I will never run for office. I have no interest. <laughs> right. And we could get into that. I joined my firm after working as counsel to Governor Florio. Governor Florio was a governor from 1990 to 1994. He lost to Christy Todd Whitman. I had that job for four years. He didn't get reelected. He lost. So now I'm out of a job. My current firm tries to lobby me to join their firm. I said, no, I'm not ready yet. I want to become a chief of staff in Washington, D.C. for a member of Congress who was the predecessor to my dad. Okay. He lost. So now in two <laughs> years, I'm out of two jobs. Wow. And my, my ex-wife, who John knows well, Kelly uh, Vanderhoof Pascrell, is a great woman, still a great friend. We had an amicable a divorce, thank God. Yeah. And our kids are all doing well. She said, Bill, go out and get a real job. So I joined my firm 27 years ago, 28 years ago, January. Um, the first client I got that I brought in, I didn't join a firm as a partner, was the FMBA, the Firemen's Union. They knew me from when I worked in the governor's office and thought I treated them well. They said, Bill, we want to hire you to advocate our positions. Pay, pensions, all those issues. Second client I got, which is a little depressing, but was the funeral directors. Mm. So we like to say we represent cradle to grave. We represent the pediatricians and the morticians. <laughs> the third client I worked on, I did not get. I won't get emotional, but God rest his soul. One of my mentors, John Russo, who was the Senate president, acting governor, joined our firm. He was very close to a guy called Nick Ribas from Verona, New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. Nick Ribas was Donald Trump's right-hand man, not politically, in the casino industry. Mm. So I was brought in to lobby for Trump's three properties, Taj Mahal, uh, Trump Tower, and what was the third one? Whatever the heck it was. The three Trump properties in Atlantic City, Trump Marina, Trump Marina, Trump Marina. Yeah. 
Um, and then this is a really funny story. A guy I went to law school with, Keith McKenna, who I got along with okay, but he wasn't like your dad and I, we weren't tight. Right. He calls me up, and this is before Google. This is like 27, six years ago. He says, Bill, I'm in Vegas, and I'm working for Steve Wynn. And I told him he needs to meet you because he needs a lobbyist in New Jersey for a project. And I paused and I said, who the frick is Steve Wynn? I know who the hell he was. Three weeks later, I'm driving my Honda Civic from Patterson, New Jersey, <laughs> down to Margate, right outside Atlantic City. And I remember pulling up. No phone. We only had beepers at the time. Pull up. I'm like trying to find directions you know you used to print them out there was no gps you would understand that is. A little bit these guys that. are looking yeah. at us like we're from you know 100 <laughs> years ago and i pull up to this house on the beach and it it it's vivid to me i've told this story a few times but it's important to me because it's luck is the residue of hard work and i'm very lucky hopefully because i work hard so i knock on the door and a, a butler comes to the door and opens the door and says, uh, you're Bill Pascrell? Yeah, come on in. Mr. Wynn's in the back sun porch. So he shuts the door. There's two steel cages with albino tigers in them. That's Steve Wynn. Come on. You know, Wynn, Encore. Yeah. I was like, what his, the in, heck? In his house. No, and I'm like thinking like hostile type stuff, even though hostile wasn't around then, but I'm like, in his house, go to the back porch. Steve Wynn's got sunglasses on. So you're me. He's looking out into the ocean. Never looks me in the eye. <laughs> Never. He talks to me. Oh, hi, you're Bill. Yeah, I heard I had to meet you. Here's what. He's legally blind. I didn't know that. <laughs> when did you find out? Like, I found out at that meeting. Because <laughs> he never looked me in the eye. Never shook my hand. Here's the story. He has had a property where the Borgata is now in Atlantic City. You know the Borgata, yeah. the like Vegas style property. Sure. He had the property but had no access to it. He needed to build that tunnel you go through to get to it. He says, I need to hire you. And we're talking, I go, I think I could do that. What's it going to cost? He says, well, we have projections about four, $450 million. We need a little help with that, but we need approvals by the state to build the tunnel to access our property. Long story short, I leave, driving back up in my Honda Civic, Get home, three hours to Patterson. I get a phone call on my house phone. I was living with my parents. Said, uh, John Russo said to me, Bill, what the frick did you do today? I said, I don't know. I went down to Atlantic City and met with somebody. Did you meet with Steve Wynn? I said, yeah, I didn't even know who the hell he was. He says, Donald Trump called Nick Ribbis. Nick Ribbis called me. You and I need to go to Trump Tower tomorrow morning. I assume Trump Towers in New York had never been there. Next morning, I drive in, go up the elevator. Trump's in that famous gold-plated office, which is right below his apartment. And there's Bengal tigers? No Bengal tigers. Oh. No, no, I'll buy no tigers. Okay. <laughs> no, buy. And Trump says, you're Bill Pascrell III? I said, yes, Mr. Trump. He goes, you're fired. So... My ex-wife likes to say I'm the inspiration. Get, wait, wait a minute, what? My ex-wife likes to say I'm the inspiration for The Apprentice. Why did he fire me? So so I go, like my ears, my eyes are welling up. I'm a young 20. Wait, 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 wait. You, those are the words he said to you. You're fired. No explanation. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he brought you in 
I brought you in. Just to say you're fired. Not to call me up on the phone, want to look me in the eye. But why? I'll tell you. Okay. I walk out into the hallway. John Russo is holding back and talking to him. Half hour later, he comes back, and I'm like, I had no cell phone. There's not, there's no, I couldn't look through my phone, right? And like, waste time, like sitting there looking at the walls. There's a cobweb over there, you know, whatever. <laughs> he comes out, he goes, Bill, you met with Donald Trump's mortal enemy. I said, Who the hell is that? Steve Wynn. Oh. Listen to this story. Steve Wynn, there is, you've been to Vegas, I know you have. Yeah. yeah. There's a Trump tower in Vegas mm. that's just a hotel, no casino. Mm. Why is that? Steve Wynn lobbied to make sure Trump never got a casino license in Vegas. So they hated each other. Now, two things fast forward. Trump becomes president. You know who's the head of his inaugural committee? Steve Wynn. They made wow. friends. Full circle. Full circle. But I leave. Trump owed us quite a bit of money. Never paid it. That's his MO. Oh. And I'm not, I'm not anti-Trump because of his politics necessarily. I'm anti-Trump because of his character. But we got the tunnel built. Steve Wynn hired us. The rest is history. That's and that's how I got really into the gaming industry. Because of that. That got me motivated to get more involved. So then I started representing all the casinos in Atlantic City. Yeah. Many of the casinos in Vegas, brick and mortar. Just make sure the mic is... Brick and mortar. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No, you're good. So um, that that had to have been, what, exciting for you and said, you know, this is where this is the, the space I want to be in. And I'm, I'm assuming working with Steve Wynn was a good reputation for then you. Yes, even though I didn't have a clue to who he was. Right. Um, <laughs> being able to be successful at getting that project done mm. with a Republican governor, and I'm not a Republican, so right. it showed my ability to pivot, number one. Number two, by virtue of that, other casinos in Atlantic City were like, we got to hire this guy. Right. He's a, he's a pit bull, whatever, whatever they called me. Um, then I started doing work in Vegas. Then I started doing work with Mohegan Sun uh, and Foxwoods in Connecticut. And then, you know, back then... 30 years ago, there were only two cities with casinos, Vegas and Atlantic City, Reno to a degree. Um, then in 2010, 20, 2009, to just to fast forward, I'm at this point in time, Johnny and John, I'm representing all 12 casinos in Atlantic City and probably another half dozen in wow. Vegas. Um, not doing any international work yet. I get a phone call. John, you'll remember this, I think, because I joined North Jersey in 2003, so you and I were good right friends there. at the time. Yeah. I get a phone call at my office, not mobile, hardline. Uh, Joe Brennan's on the line for you, Bill. Pick up the phone, Joe Brennan. Joe Brennan used to work for Google. He left Google to start up an organization called iMega the Interactive Media Entertainment Gaming Organization, which is made up of 37 offshore illegal books. Meaning these were U.S. Pats, U.S. Patriots, who left the country because of the Wire Act and were doing illegal online sports betting offshore where the government couldn't get them. Yeah. So Bulldog, Bovado, all those companies that you're familiar with, I'm sure. Uh, just experiential. Um he said, I need to hire you. I want to bring online gaming to America. I said, what the hell is online gaming? I didn't know what the hell it was. He says, I want to legalize sports betting. I said, what are you talking about? You can bet on sports in Nevada. He said, but you can't do it anywhere else. And he said, I want to bring exchange wagering to America. Hmm. I said, Joe, I know you're going to think I'm silly and soft, but I'm not. I'm hard as a rock. It's 30 days before an election. John Corzine, the Goldman Sachs guy, is the governor. 
He's in a tough race with Chris Christie. I can't do anything for you the next 30 days. He goes, Bill, you don't understand. I don't need your resume. I don't need you to tell me all about yourself. I know who you are. A First Amendment rights attorney has told me you're the guy. And he told me this is why we need to hire you. I said, well, that's great. But I'm not letting you hire me because I can't do anything for you till after the election. Yeah, but if I give you a dollar, will you lock in and not let anybody else hire you because I think others are coming? So you have to give me a dollar. Fine. <laughs> Corzine loses. November of 2009, the next day, and I'm hung over like a bitch because I was out that night thinking Corzine was going to get reelected. I'm a Democrat. wanted him to win. Christie wins. Thank God my partner was tight with Christie. Joe Brennan called me and paid me a ridiculous amount of money to start to lobby Johnny and John exchange wagering, which is peer-to-peer betting. You put a bet up. I put a bet up. The exchange takes a little rake, like the stock exchange. And then if you win, I pay you. If I win, you pay me. And there's a little rake out. We got exchange wagering going in horse racing. Got that done quick. Then I started to lobby legal sports betting outside of Nevada. The NFL came in, got an injunction, and we had the 10-year battle, which we'll talk about, repealing passed by the Professional Amateur Sports Protection Act. Then my, my, I think my greatest accomplishment was getting first state in the nation to do it, and then I've done it in seven other states. Legal, regulated, online gaming, casino, and poker. Yeah. Jersey was the first state to do it. Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Connecticut, knew, Rhode Island. I knew that. I didn't realize you were the guy. Yeah. He's the yeah. guy. You're the guy. So, yeah, because if you want to get something done, don't take credit for it. Get it done and let somebody else take credit for it. That's awesome. Because the people that need to know know. A lot, right. of, sound, a lot of sound bites here yeah, from this, Billy. This, this is <laughs> awesome. write so, these down. Well, I mean, my, my question. So take me through, I guess, very high level what that looks like, right? So you're lobbying for something like this. Is it like a regular court case? Like, And you're just... No. What is that? Is it like a... Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't want to bore you or your audience, but I'll try to do it in a fast-paced way. Yeah. So remember, I told you, I'm representing all the brick-and-mortar casino. B&M, they call them. Brick-and-mortar casino. Yeah. They fired me. Why did they fire me? Because they believed, Johnny and John, that online gaming would cannibalize the brick-and-mortar casino industry. Yeah. Okay? It would take their customers away. Mm-hmm. So the first committee hearing, now I get fired by them, but this iMega company, that, that, that association of 37, I had to get an attorney general's opinion to say I could accept their money mm-hmm. because their money's illegal. It's like, you know, like prostitution, drugs, um, it, it, whatever illicit, black they're, they're, they're black market. The AG said, opined that I could take that money because they were lobbying to legalize it. They were paying me with bad money to legalize it. Right. So I got an exception. Committee hearing. I'm really fast forwarding. I could get as granular yeah, as yeah. you want. I'm before the Senate Gaming Committee. The entire 12 casinos, this is 2010 and 11, the entire brick and mortar casinos, all of them, Golden Nugget to, to uh, Tropicana to Taj Mahal, all of them are lobbying against it. It was just me. So it was, it was their lawyers against you. They're lobbyists against They're lobbyists, me. Okay. They're lobbyist lawyers. So it's, it's 12 of them. Every it's... lobbyist isn't a lawyer and every lawyer isn't a lobbyist. Okay. Okay. Mm. So it's all of them, plus the Casino Association, which I represented, plus the Atlantic City Chamber of Commerce, because they were fearful that people like you wouldn't go to Atlantic City anymore because you just bet on your phone. 
So I said something pretty simple, wasn't scripted, came to mind. Senator Shirley Turner, who's 78 years old, running for re-election right now, African-American woman representing Trenton, a lot of people in the Trenton Mercer area work in casinos. She said, Mr. Pascal, I have two concerns. One, I want to make sure my constituents don't lose their jobs. Valid point. They're not. Two, I don't want to promote gambling addiction because they figure if you're more on the phone, more chance you're going to. Two easy answers. Senator Turner, you have a refrigerator and a stove and probably a beautiful kitchen, refrigerator full of food, as do I. And we like to cook and eat. We still go out to restaurants, don't we? Why? Because we're social animals. Because there's, there's, you could be stuck in your room and your boxers playing this, but there's nothing like being at a crops table or a, 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 you know, a, a live experience, a lived experience. Now, fast forward to today just to prove the point. There's no proof anywhere in the world that online cannibalizes brick and mortar. And we've proven that because during the pandemic, nobody was going to casinos. But if it wasn't for online, those casinos would have shut forever. The reason for that is what I developed, which is called the skin concept. So if you have a license to operate a brick and mortar casino, you get to have five casino online licenses. Wow. So you can partner with five online companies because the brick and mortar don't have that technology and you get a rev share from all that. Mm. Number two, right now, Senator Turner, this is the second question. Mm -hmm. You're concerned about responsible gaming and gambling addiction? So am I. However, what do you know it's going on in the black market? Somebody's going on Bovado or, or Five Dimes or um, any of the black market companies. You can't track them. When you legalize it, the government tracks every bet placed, and you can start to see when people are creeping into gambling addiction, slow them down, mm -hmm. time them out, and do different things. Right. So it was a lobby effort that took a lot of... It's not as simple as a court case. Okay. Because it's not one experience. It's the Senate Gaming Committee. Then it's the Senate Budget Committee. Then it's the full mm -hmm. Senate. And the same thing in the Assembly. Then you have to lobby the governor to sign the bill. And then the regulations get developed after the bill's signed. How's this going to look? You know, it's legal now. It's a lot. But now we have to regulate how it operates. Well, even like you said, it's actually easier to monitor gambling addiction on the phone versus going into the casino. Totally. Right. Totally. The other thing I said is the online industry cannot treat the gambling addicted customer like the brick and mortar industry treated mm -hmm. them. Johnny, in the heyday of Vegas and Atlantic City, Anybody who had a gambling addiction was treated as a VIP customer. Oh, yeah. So you know what? You need a marker. Here's more. Here's more. Here's more. Online can't afford to do that. You can't just check the box and put a 1-800 number to call if you're having a problem. You have to have something behind it. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of technology, which we can talk about if you Wow. Want. Well, you know what? This is so intriguing, but we've got to come up for a little air. I know you need to take a deep breath and reset, and we're going to get some water in us. Be right back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy, thanks to Bark. Every month, we deliver toys and treats just for your dog. They deserve to be spoiled anyway. At Bark, we send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys from BarkBox or our ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, we give your dog exactly what they want. For a limited time, we'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash iHeart. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Yeah, so this is, uh, wow, I got to tell you, you think you know somebody 20 years, and I feel like so unaccomplished now. Like, I haven't done anything to contribute to this relationship. <laughs> what have I done? Got what me have a I... roomie pop. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and let's, because you're talking about a lot of the uh, political influences and experiences and the one thing you haven't touched on is you may not have been an elected official politician but you were the president of north jersey country club and let's not forget you had someone you pulled into this world very hesitant being me um but the alignment right we know it always matters so that was uh always a fun thing I reflect on, although while we were going through it and helping and contributing and volunteering our time to be of the, the greater development of, you know, a place that we both love. Um, it comes with some scars, right? Sure so, it does. Yeah. You know, when you do something like that, you probably don't want to necessarily go back and do it again. Right. So, well, John, you did me a huge favor by agreeing. I lobbied you. Mm-hmm. successfully <laughs> unbelievable john your dad should have been the president of the club he the club would have been phenomenal he's just got the gift i did it uh i regret having done it do you but i did it i would never do it again why do you regret it it it, it was so time consuming in a time in my life where my business is exploding right. and i'm going through a divorce and i'm hooking up with a my, my uh current significant other having a child it was just way too much and John is my vice president, but really my partner. I don't even like to call him that because he was always there for me. And he wasn't, your dad is not what I call a grin fucker, okay? Your dad doesn't just sit there and say, yeah, okay, Bill, yeah, yeah. He tells me when I do wrong, when I do right, constructive criticism, kept me aligned, kept me calm. It's overly consuming. In the first three months, your dad and I had to deal with the manager quitting, the chef getting fired. The, uh, the 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 uh, pro, pro, the golf pro, the caddy uh-huh. master, everybody left. <laughs> Whether it was because of us or not, we're happy they did because the club is so much better for it. We got a lot accomplished, the redevelopment of the clubhouse, 
a great new pro staff, new chef, new manager. It all worked out great. But it's a labor of love because we get nothing. At, I got something out of it, a parking spot. You didn't even get a parking spot, <laughs> right? You get the president's parking <laughs> spot. Big <laughs> deal. And the best part of wait, I lobbied for the parking spot. Right. Were you, right? right. They wanted to no, take it away. No, no one wanted to have that. They didn't want to give no. you a parking lot? Yeah. A parking spot? Yeah. We did it in the basement of your dad's house. It's, we had our first board meeting there. And interestingly <laughs> enough, so today, I always felt like even before I was, you know, on the executive committee and Billy was the president, I always felt like you get nothing when you step over the line. Okay, you, you understand that. That's what you sign up for. Um, but at least in a place where you're paying, right? You're paying for membership to be part of something and you're donating and dedicating your time. There should be a little something. You don't get a discounted membership? Nothing. No, no. no. What's the point? No, nothing. Well, 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 that's the point. People you, like your dad and I do it because we believe in the club. We want to make it better. And listen, I'm not saying it should be a compensated position, but there should be some incentive because you're going to see as time develops, less and less people like your dad are going to be interested in going into leadership positions. Yeah. Two, we're there for fun. We have enough stress in our lives. Right. <laughs> and I don't want to overstate the stress in our lives because yeah. we enjoy what we do. But this is an additional stress, and it's supposed to be our sandbox. So now, mm. John and I have a friend, your dad and I have a friend at the club who does something stupid, and he's got to be disciplined. Yeah. So you send it to the compartment committee and they come to us and say, well, you know, you could should have taken care of us. Well, you shouldn't have broken the rules. <laughs> right? right? That's the type of stuff that you really need. That John and right. I would come up, your dad and I would play golf on a Saturday morning. He'd get pummeled. My burger was too cold. The coffee was too hot. The coffee was too hot. <laughs> the ice cream was too cold. You know, we say at North Jersey Country Club, you want a friend? Get a get dog. Get a dog. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, so that, that it's very taxing, and it's very taxing anytime, um, even public servants. I mean, you 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 give of your time, and you yep. put yourself out there, and you become criticized, right? So yeah, friends that you thought were friends may not have been friends because they challenge um, you and and want you to do favors, and that's not really the place you can do stuff like sunshine that. So, friends. But 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 with that being sunshine said, friends. yeah, sunshine friends. So with that being said. Um, it is so interesting to listen to you and because I've not heard the, the few things you shared already. And as, and I've heard so many other things, but I didn't hear some of what you just shared with us. So, uh, and what I took from the first uh, piece of, of going and meeting Steve Wynn is you got in your car and you drove with just... The conviction that, well, I got to go see this guy. You didn't know who he was. Didn't. You invested hours down, three hours down, three hours back, um, only then to be rewarded with another hour or so to go into the city and be humiliated. Correct. So, yeah. but, but look what it did. It somehow laid the groundwork for so many successful it things helped. today. So the people that are in our audience that listen to us are continually, they always want to understand how can I be successful? Mm. What do I need to do? Mm. What are some of the practices? And and I profess, and you just reinforced it because we come from this, you have to put yourself out there. You've got to do the things at times that are not comfortable, mm -hmm. that you aren't really sure of what the payout might be. You know, you don't just do things because you 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 shouldn't just do things because you know of what is it's gonna become, right? You need to go with some blind faith and need to just go with your instincts at times. So 
credit to you, man. I love I love that story. I never heard that story before. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the final point on this is I've been fortunate. I am not the brightest ship in the port by far. I'm not the sharpest arrow in the quiver by far, but nobody's going to outwork me. That I have. That's the way I was raised. I've made a career of making chicken salad out of chicken shit. What do I mean? Challenge gets thrown at you. A lot of people kind of cower and retreat. I double down because I say, you know what? I believe in what I'm doing. I believe in myself. I think I was raised right. That's very helpful. And there are no shortcuts in life. Everybody wants to take a shortcut. So I've been fortunate. I've had a lot of adversity in life. Spinal meningitis. On my deathbed. Given last rites by the bishop. Rodimer. When I was 16 years old. What? Came out of that. 45 days in a coma. Went from 150 pounds soaking wet to 72 pounds. And got a second lease on life. I have juvenile diabetes. I take insulin every day. Type 1. That changed my life because you know what i was doing i was playing baseball at don bosco and i thought i was hot shit and i was doing stupid stuff like drugs and alcohol at a young age uh not reckless but not a smart thing to do Mm. and that changed my life because i said you know what i got a second lease on life and there's nothing worse than being in saint joe's hospital and your parents not being able to be in the room when you get your eighth spinal tap and looking through the window at you and your father's crying. I only saw my father cry twice in my life. That was the first time. Mm. I survived it. And it made me a better person. And I've had other challenges in life. The Trump experience wasn't cool. I thought I lost my job. And there's been other areas in life. But you know what the funny thing about it is? Jealousy is the worst thing in life you can have because it makes you do irrational things. It makes you hurt people. It makes you do things that are dodgy. So just keep keep moving forward. Believe in yourself. It sounds easy. It's not. And I think you know my my appetite will be. He made chicken salad out of chicken shit. Do you do you reflect on being 16, 17 years old in the hospital, or do you kind of just carry that with yourself? Well, at moments like this, when I'm reflecting, because you're allowing me to, yeah, yeah. I do reflect on it, and I, I feel very, very fortunate. Um, I was bitter, John, for many, many years, Johnny. Very bitter. Because when you're diabetic, I couldn't play baseball for a while. Yeah. So I lost that career path. I was a pretty decent, not as good as your dad, but a pretty decent baseball player, and had prospects of getting a college scholarship. That was out the door. And then I'd be in school and I get low blood sugar and you're dealing with all those issues. John's, your dad's been with me when I've had those episodes. Yeah, scary So episodes. you get bitter, but then you say to yourself, huh, my buddy just dropped out of a heart attack at 53. I'm still here. So everybody gets challenges is how you deal with them. And I try to use it to make me a better person. Right. Well, I've never, I've never heard of that story. Yeah. It's rare that you get to slow a guy like him down for this. And so... Again, I've heard that story, but not in the detail. Like yeah. your dad crying. Th- yeah. This again is so um, rewarding for me. And you know, as again, your friend and someone's known you a long time. But this is a great example again, yet of another thing where you you said it. John's allowing, or we're allowing you an opportunity to to slow down and speak and think and you don't share. do it often. And we, no, Enough. we don't. And Enough, another yeah. takeaway is well, we should be doing more of that with our family. Correct. You know, with our friends Correct. and and putting the phone down and being more engaged right 
and it's a hard thing to to uh, be mindful of sometimes. But you know, a good start is usually put the phone, you know, put it aside. So thanks yeah. for sharing that. That's some that's some cool other. Thank great, you for allowing great me stuff, man. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that, everything you've been saying is I've never heard. And like he said, I'm learning so much about you for the first time and I've known you for so long. And that's honestly what I've, if I reflect on this podcast for the last eight episodes, the best part about it is I get to learn so much about people that I thought I knew for so long. And I would never have this conversation with you if it wasn't for this. So again, yeah, thank you for coming and, and, and really do appreciate your time. But I wanted to pivot into... I guess more recent news, right? As a politician, as a lobbyist, I'm sure you've heard the news about TikTok and what's going on with Congress right now. I want your entire take, how you feel about how they treated it, what you think is going to happen, and what you think should happen. Um, I am not a big fan of governments um, here or abroad uh, banning anything, okay? Because I think what it does is it pushes young people and less informed and educated people they, they feel, well, there must be something cool about this. Let me do it anyway. Okay. Um, listen, uh, I am totally opposed to what Russia is doing to the Ukraine. And, and this is related. Totally opposed. I think it's ridiculous. I was in the Ukraine, uh, Johnny and John, in um, uh, the war was last year, December of 21, two months before the war. Wow beautiful i was in kiev ukraine on business i had three clients there i went to board meetings and and, and then of course i was there there was a a conference in the cis region which is like belarus georgia uh ukraine that whole region that often gets ignored ukraine is a huge country um when we flew in you could see because you just kind of creep across a little bit across the border you could see the military buildup. Now, Putin made a big mistake. Putin should have invaded in the cold, cold winter. He shouldn't have waited until February of last year when the thaw started coming because the jeeps couldn't make, uh, the, the tanks couldn't make it across the borders quickly and efficiently. Why is this related? Um, listen, I think China is obviously one of the largest nations uh, in the world, uh, second to India. Uh, they have a long history. It, it's a communist government. It's not what we're used to, capitalism and democracy. Uh, they don't have a lot of freedoms we have. But I think China is trying a little bit to kind of push Russia back into place. Because if this Ukraine thing blows up, it could be a domino effect for NATO, for the rest of Europe. So I'm glad that our government, I don't, I don't want to get political here, whoever is the president, we can talk about, but they're very doubling down with Ukraine. I think that's important. It's amazing what the Ukrainian government and, and Zelensky has accomplished. China's involvement with TikTok, I can't tell you whether it's real or not real. Sure, it's of concern, right? We want to make sure that our data on TikTok isn't getting shared with an enemy. But the CEO last week before Congress did a superb job. I thought he was amazing. And it's a tough thing when you have Democrats and Republicans poking questions at you, trying to answer them. The worst thing our government can do is ban TikTok. That's the worst. Now, if you want to say, listen, we need this information, we want to analyze it, and if you're creeping into stuff that you told us you're not doing, then we're going to slap you. There's 150 million TikTok users in America. 
You shut them off, there's going to be a massive protest on it. God only knows what it's going to result in. And it's not necessary because it doesn't accomplish anything. There's controls, belts and suspenders you can put in place to make sure that TikTok is driving in the right lane. Yeah. So that's my view on it. That's an interesting, because like you just said, it's not, what does it accomplish when it then does happen? And I think from my standpoint, I only watched a little bit of it. It just seemed like the questions they were asking and their lack of willingness to listen to his response seemed very like ignorant and uneducated. Scripted. Yeah. Like they weren't even like the questions they were asking was like, do you even, do you even know what the app does? Or it it just seems like I could have created better questions. None of them knew what the app does. And you could tell. Exactly. That's that's the problem. They should have had their staffs who are younger. I completely agree. Right. Do do you think that much of what, and I watched it, it was five hours. Okay. It was five hours. I watched the replay of it, probably three hours of it. And, and it wasn't consistent, but throughout my day yesterday, I watched probably three hours of it. And I took some notes and I you felt like... three hours of this? Yeah. Well, I let it play and I was doing my thing yeah. and I was watching. I mean, Listen. it wasn't the only thing that... It's committed. I wasn't doing a lot. <laughs> well, number one, it affects us Big time. square in the mouth, right? This is going to help mm. m- m- us prepare. Well, we have to prepare. You have to think about it. To put your head in the sand and say, oh, it's not going away. Bill just said he doesn't think it's going away. So we're fine. I honestly... It would be business usual for us. I don't think it would change... Well, we should conduct business as usual, yes, but we should also have a strategy that would say, well, what do we do if it does change? If well, the platform is different. I think, and this this has something to do with this, I think every creator should never be a one-trick pony. You should never rely on any platform yeah. or one platform right. to be your saving grace. So right. if you go viral on TikTok, and right now it is the easiest plat- platform to go viral because they prioritize content over... Um, you know, uh, follower count or, or page, which is good and bad, but insulate yourself by starting your own community on a Discord chat or an email list or other platforms or in person. So I think what we've been doing is just been insulating ourselves in that way. But yeah, I mean, look, it would change a little bit of our outcome. It wouldn't change anything we've been doing. I don't disagree with change anything we're doing. I think it's irresponsible if you don't at least have a conversation Back about redundancy. Okay. Right, Billy? I mean, is Back that am I all right? So this is a pure political question, though. We saw the balloons come over the country mm-hmm. from China and we shot them down and all. This is kind of a way for them to say, well, we, we kind of screwed up. How did they come across our border and last for multiple days, right? So it's both sides of the aisle. Mm-hmm. They're trying to let the American people think we're going tough on China. Right. Right. The fact of the matter is, John, you can have, and I'm sure you do, multiple Chinese espionage agents in our country mm-hmm. stealing data every day. What are you doing about that? Right. Right. So now we're going to ban TikTok, which has a lot of benefits. I don't think they're going to ban it. I think they're saber rattling. I'm hoping that everything the CEO, and I have no reason to doubt him, was accurate. And if so, I think it'll be fine for the moment. But who knows what can come down next? Now, do you think it checks and, and raises some sort of awareness to what our social medias are doing. I mean, the the biggest data grabbers are Meta, and it, like what they're doing is is worse than TikTok. But the only difference is it's American on American. Right. That's the only difference. And we're, what we're trying to create the image of is that since it's China and they're our enemy, that we have to be careful of that. But right. you think the folks with the metadata are not selling it elsewhere? Right. And and right? they've been I caught mean, doing that. So I mean, that's the whole thing about 
um, political leaders that try to bring people together are the ones I like and find inspiring versus those that try to divide us. Find commonality, bring people together. Like, I don't hate Chinese people. I dislike the Chinese government. Right. Give you an example. Spot on story. The last night I was in the Ukraine. I went to a beautiful, elegant dinner, 40 people. Uh, four tables of 10. Awesome meal. Russian food, Georgian food, Ukrainian food. All great. And they had the, the different kinds of wines from the regions. It was an open bar. So at the end of dinner before dessert, I go to the bar. And I had a few hundred dollars with me. And I hand it to the bartender. And he said, sir, no, this is an open bar. I said, no, this is a tip because you're going to get me four bottles of Jameson and 40 shot glasses. And put them out. He goes, sir, you don't have to pay for this. I said, no, I insist. Jameson is what I love. I, I enjoy drinking it outside of gin. But it was a beautiful two hours after that because the Russians like their vodka. Like, we know that, right? Mm -hmm. They love that, but they don't drink Jameson a lot. So they're drinking American whiskey, yeah. hanging out. There was no talk of politics. There was no like, oh, you're jerks. You're nice people. You're not. The problem is our governments oftentimes reflect who we are when we travel. And um, that's frustrating because I'm in not a supported who's the president of the United States and why should that be a reflection on me? Right. But I think Putin is his own worst enemy and I think Putin's doing a great job. He's isolated right now. So the question becomes, does he start to do really scarier things than he's already done? And that's a concern. So you said before saber rattling, right? Yeah. Which again is another great takeaway. Um, of your soundbite collage. So if we, and I hear that, I want to be clarified because I was going to ask you, do you think much of what goes on is posturing, right? Is, okay, it's for optics. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm asking a question I know the answer to, but again, you're the expert here, if you would. And so, yeah, in listening to it yesterday, I couldn't help but not only feel like John did that they don't know what they're talking about, which is an age thing and, you know, that's fine. Um, and they have a place and a world of people that they're representing and they have a responsibility. Get it. I see, I see both sides of it. I left there. I left watching that feeling like, wow. I mean, this is a, this is a tough one. Like this is not as black and white. He did. Mr. Chu did, did get pummeled and he handled it really well. He did. Um, and some of what it was, was just rhetorical and just not fair and whatever, but that's, to your point, when you say that, that's what is some, some of that responsibility of that committee to raise awareness, put eyeballs on it, and then let the public, right? Am I, am I correct? Like now what happens after that? What do you think after that demonstration, display, show, what's the next step with this? First of all, I think um, TikTok CEO did a phenomenal job by keeping his patience, his wit, and his... Um, manners mm. in place uh oftentimes we can't do that particularly as italian americans we get revved up that was great because oftentimes what happens is when a politician's coming at you and then you go back and disrespect them that becomes the reason they do something versus the real substance mm. number two i think for the moment TikTok is fine but i also want to say something talked about making chicken salad out of chicken shit mm -hmm. TikTok. Uh, and I hope they agree with me. 
I think TikTok benefited from this. I was just going to ask that. I think they benefited from it because they got national free yeah. exposure for five hours, plus all the news repeats, news media repeats. And I don't think they came out looking bad. And I think the American public are like, what's going on here? We have so many issues, inflation and the mm. banking collapses with SVB and uh, Signature Bank. Why are we focused on this? Right. The gun, uh, yeah. the gun issue that just came up again yesterday in Nashville. Like, they'll talk about that, but yet we're focused on TikTok because Chinese balloons flow over a country, and we feel we have to do something. Um, listen, I think oftentimes uh, the, uh, the the road to hell is paved by good intentions, and I think a lot of politicians try to do things in an expedited way, thinking what the priorities are. If you're going to do something, if you're going to legislate or regulate something, read about it, learn about right. it, study it before you go do something. Which is like, so you would expect them to do that, though. You would, but they don't, obviously. And I think it, it almost, for me and what I saw online, because like you just said, it put TikTok on blast and they handled it very well. It's almost the point of like, what are we doing here? And then you go in the opposite direction and everything I see now is, TikTok isn't even bad. Look at what Facebook is doing. So like I said before, it's now raising awareness to, hey, we, we have other issues that we should probably handle, A, but B, look at what we're also dealing with and have dealt with for the past 10 years that you don't even hear about. That just sort of flies by because they're this big American company that have all this money that they don't know what to do with. Not to get too far off point, but you know we all know, regardless of our political party, what a, what a sad day it was, January 6th. We know that. Right. What about all the social media outlets that enabled those folks to do what they did that went unpoliced? Right. Well, where was the focus on that? Now you're going after TikTok because data is getting shared. Every major technology company shares data. Um, now, the CEO made some representations. I think he was telling the truth because he looked like a truthful person. He was credible. And we'll see what what transpires out of it. Yeah. yeah but like it. But inevitably it's raising awareness it's it's brand awareness right there it was like you said five hours of free promo for now if you weren't on tiktok maybe if he handled himself well you felt like he handled himself well you're gonna try it out now exactly and now you feel a little safer to try it out exactly yeah so total kudos to him i guess yeah i guess we'll see what happens so. he did well the other i and i was doing some research too i think the other thing that was trending a while back was um ticketmaster and i know your dad had some um involvement with the boss act. I want to hear your thoughts on that as well, because that's something that is overlooked sometimes too, is the monopolies that will gatekeep these tickets and then charge an incredible price. And now these artists are getting blamed for it. Like, how do you feel about that whole situation? I want to start like I did before a little one off just to show contextually that I really appreciate what you're, you're thank you so much for allowing me to be on and to yeah. share because I love this stuff. When I first started lobbying, this is related, I'll connect it, I'll bridge it. <laughs> when I first started lobbying online gaming, uh, I was representing iMega, and then I had to lobby other companies to join us. So I met with a guy by the name of Esai Scheinberg. You wouldn't know that name, but you know the company, PokerStars. Mm -hmm. Esai Scheinberg is the founder of PokerStars. He's a Russian Jew that flew and camped out in Canada, he was the VP of operations for IBM in Canada while his family's back in Russia. This is in the heyday. The guy's worth six, seven billion dollars now. 
What did he do when he was in his apartment at night? What do guys do? Go to strip joints, they go to bars, go to sporting events. He started to create a software company called Peer Software, which is the technology platform behind PokerStars. Mm. Why do I bring this up? Esai Scheinberg, PokerStars, Caesars, and a few other companies, including First Data, which is a payment processing company, were paying $40 million a year to lobby Washington to pass an online gaming bill. Now, dial it back. Automobile insurance is a state issue. The federal government doesn't regulate it. Gaming is a state issue. The federal government doesn't regulate it. All they do is pass the Wire Act, which says you can't cross state lines with a sports bet. You know who the sponsor of the bill in Washington was for online gaming? Barney Frank, the first openly gay, okay? And my father. Really? And my father, he couldn't tell you today what online gaming is for the most part. Right. He's not a mobile-friendly guy. He's 86 mm. years old. I just want to share that with you to mm. give you the experience. A lot of politicians do that. They drop bills and should do a better job of studying it. You're saying your dad should have. He should have. Okay. And, and he did over time. Okay. But I told Lisa Scheinberg, so pay me 10% of that $40 million you're spending a year, and I'll get you a bill passed in New Jersey. And he bought into it. And he looks like a genius now. Wow. Because they were spending $40 million a year over 10 years and couldn't even get a committee hearing. And you went and did it. We got it done in Jersey and then started trampling it in other states. Mm-hmm. The federal government's not, and nor should they be involved in They could barely run a one-car funeral. <laughs> <laughs> they should not be involved in sports betting. Right, right. The federal government. And my dad's a part of that. I think he's a good, honorable man, and he's ethical, which is, and I'm proud of him. Let's fast forward to the Boss Act. I know my dad's been to many concerts in his life, but probably hasn't been to that many that you and I would, your dad and I, maybe you and I would appreciate because I like Black Eyed Peas and I like Tom Petty, God rest his soul. And I've been to Stones concerts and Yes and Floyd and Judas Priest I was a big fan of. My father was outraged because he saw constituents were getting raked over the coals. He represents a blue-collar district. Right. You know, he's just now back into Wayne. But Patterson is blue-collar. They can't afford $1,000 to go see a concert. Yeah. And, and you know, Ticketmaster, I think, has really taken advantage of people because these young kids want to go, but they don't have the coin. So my dad collaborated with John Stewart and Bruce Springsteen. My dad was just at the White House last week when Springsteen was honored by the president because wow. my dad's the, the sponsor and the author of the Boss Act. Now, he did a lot of homework talking to Bruce and other uh, performers to try to just say, hey, look, and you would have thought that Ticketmaster would say, maybe we should self-regulate. Maybe we should dial this back. Mm. They're going to get hit over the head with a hammer. It's coming. And now it's also creeping into airlines and other hotels that have all these additional charges. You know, it's $110 for a room. And by the time you pay for the room, it's $250. Right. How are we doing? Stay fees. Yeah. Why Correct. I'd see the the biggest regulation, or I guess an example of one would be like gas prices, right? They there's a percentage where you can't charge up, right? Whatever they get the gas for, they can only charge a certain percentage of. You can't the, rebate, they, and yeah, there yeah. are like cigarettes, same thing, right? Yeah, right. and alcohol, you can't go above a certain number, right? Maybe that's where they'll go, but they also need to better detail the fees where it's going. And have a little bit of a ceiling on them. Like a justification for $1,000 to see a concert. And I'm not talking about front row seats. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, the, the Taylor Swift concerts were like 2500 bucks. And now I just heard three hours ago 
that the they're suing. They're suing Ticketmaster. I don't know what they're they're standing on, like what they're gonna sue for, but they are in some sort of case right now. See, see the the issue of I don't want to just malign Ticketmaster because I think it's all of them. Yeah, they get the tickets, and then they resell them, and it's the resale eclipsing the original ticket price by numbers. Taylor Swift, Bruce Springsteen never see that money. Right, it, they well, just make money off the core initial price. It's a secondary market, but correct. but with no access for anybody else to get into the primary market. Correct. That's, correct. I think, Co- the problem. Correct. Totally correct. I have no chance of getting the first ticket because Ticketmaster bought them before I even knew about it. And it's so funny. Like, I'm a big college basketball fan, and I'm a giant ticket holder. and all. So it took me a while to get used to having the tickets on my phone because if you didn't download them and you come into the property, sometimes your Wi-Fi is not working, and now... Yeah. So, but now I'm a little bit more nimble. <laughs> yeah. But but I just think you know if you're 20 something years old and you're in college, how do you get to go to a concert? What are you going to do? You don't. Like you're going to do some bad shit if you really want to go. Right. To get that money. That's a good point. And who else is going to these concerts? Right. So I want I want to wrap up by asking you I guess what where you think the future of online gambling will go. But before that, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be back very soon. Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy thanks to Bark. Every month we deliver toys and treats just for your dog. They deserve to be spoiled anyway. At Bark, we send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys from BarkBox or our ultra tough toys from Super Chewer. We give your dog exactly what they want. For a limited time, we'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash iHeart. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency and consistency scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality visit lazarusnaturals.com today lazarus naturals it's not about being the best in the world it's about doing what's best for the world not available in idaho iowa or south dakota did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate but not with 80 acres farms their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled going from farm to store in days not weeks they stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. And we're back. You know, I, I, I was curious on... Because it seems almost like a rinse and repeat process, right? You, you, what you did for New Jersey on, as far as online gambling, why is that not just happening? Because we were talking about it off camera. What's happening now is that if I can't place a bet because I'm in some random state that doesn't allow it, I'm texting and Venmoing my friend that's in Jersey and placing the bet for me. So like you said, restriction creates you know, uh, a negative approach to what should be legal anyway. So why are these things just not happening? 
Okay. So right now, Johnny and John, there's seven states that have online gaming. Really, six. Nevada only has poker. That's so interesting that Nevada just well. poker right. online. So the other six states have full poker and casino, right? Roulette, craps, live dealer, all that. I was shocked because a Republican governor signed the bill that I lobbied, not a Democratic governor. Governor Murphy, who succeeded Governor Christie, Christie was termed out, has supported it also. And I don't want to get overly political, but I'm just going to tell you the truth. This is axiomatic. Donald Trump was furiously opposed to online gaming. Why? Sheldon Adelson, who is the CEO, founder, uh, and president, or whatever the heck you want to call it, of the Sands Mm. Casino operation. The three best things that happened to online gaming, and I'm not being cute, and I'm not disrespecting. Sheldon Adelson died two years ago. Donald Trump lost his election, and Joe Biden, who comes from an online gaming state, became president. Joe Biden doesn't oppose it. He doesn't promote it. He doesn't have to. It's a state's rights issue. Why was Sheldon Adelson so important? Sheldon Adelson was the guy who gave Donald Trump tens of millions of dollars for his campaign. So every Republican wanted that money, and so they wouldn't support it. Mm. When Sheldon died and Trump lost... Uh, I got to be careful here, but I got a <laughs> call from a Republican governor's chief of staff in the South. They have sports betting, but not online. And he wanted to hire me to help him navigate bringing online to the state. Now, most people can figure this out, but I want to be respectful because the governor didn't give me permission to promote his name, and mm-hmm. I don't need to. Sure. He said, I went down, I had a glass of bourbon with him in his office, and he said, you and I couldn't disagree more on politics but I like what you've done in the gaming industry and I want to hire you. I said, no, no, no. I will work for free for you. So I don't want to be conflicted out of doing work in your state. If the law passes, I got to get my clients licensed. I got to get them sorted. And that's their more important business to me than one state. And he appreciated that. Now, what was the, re- what was the reason for not wanting to get paid for that? Like what would happen if you did? So if I was hired by a state to, to, um, give them advice and counsel on online. I wouldn't be able to represent companies coming in to get licensed. Why? Be because conflict. it's a conflict. Oh, okay. Because okay. I'm, re- I'm representing the state. Understood. And yeah. now, so I didn't want to chance that. Yeah. Um, and the governor was nice. He said, well, I'll get you an opinion. I said, no, no, no. I'm happy. Having a relationship with a governor is a good thing, right? More yeah. I have, the better. So Sheldon Adelson was deeply, vehemently opposed to online gaming. Uh, a, he didn't believe in my argument against cannibalization. B, he was worried about his grandchildren getting, you know, into it, um, and and a whole host of other reasons. And he spent millions of dollars lobbying against online by paying politicians to just sit on the sidelines. He's gone now. The Sands has opened up their position, and Sheldon was very powerful. What's called with what's called the American Gaming Association, which is the largest industry trade group that was against. Online gaming, and now they're not. Are the are sorry? Are those the only two arguments they have to stand on? Is that it'll take away and cannibalize real casinos, and it increases addiction? Like this, so they like you said, those arguments are you you deaded them in thirty seconds. Well, you also have to understand, Johnny, in the Bible Belt, 
there's a lot of uh, resistance to mm-hmm. gambling and, and other things, got right? It. So you have to, you can't go down and dictate to them. You got to go down and socialize it, have a dinner, educate before you advocate. The other thing that's important to note, we only have six states with casino and poker and one state with just poker online. 36 states plus the District of Columbia have sports betting. Now. Right. Four years ago, they didn't. So that's moved because sports betting in public opinion polls is not viewed as gambling. Why? Public perception. Of course it's gambling, but it's public perception. So people feel more comfortable. But I think the reason is more cultural. When your father and I grew up in the high schools we went to, every Tuesday morning after the Monday night football game, I get a betting slip for the next week's games. And I check it off and give them five or ten, whatever it was. I'm betting illegally. Right. But nobody goes after the little high school kid, right? That's standard fare. So it's so much a part of our culture. culture. You're with your mom and dad, and you say, well, the Knicks versus the, the Sixers. Dad, I'll bet you $5. It's like part of our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe cards to a degree, particularly in the Italian culture, but not casinos, right? right? That's So that's something that takes time to get used to. But what governments need to understand, you just, I'd love to have you come in and testify. Yeah, okay, I can't bet. I'm in, pick a state, um, I don't know, Texas. And I can't bet. I just vent on my friend in New Jersey and tell him a place to bet for me. The state loses taxes, no job creation, no way to track that bet with the original punter. So it's it, almost like the same argument for cannabis legalization. Totally. I'm getting it anyway, if I want it. You're going to get it. Right. Not me, but you're going to get it. And you're going to testify now. This is unbelievable. <laughs> and I'm you're going to put a suit on though. You better just better suit up. Nah, I'm going to wear this. Maybe even dress down. No, Sweats. you got to put a suit on. Sweatpants. Um, the other question I did have about gambling, and this is something that I've seen online and I don't know how accurate it is. Uh, the NFL is considered an entertainment business. So legally, they're allowed to rig and and skew the outcome of games. Mm-mm. So that's where, that's again, where TikTok and social media can steer you wrong. That is the narrative online sometimes is just like the WWE where they can fix the outcome. So can the NFL legally. And that was like the description of why can you bet on an organization that can then fix what's going on. So that's not true. No. So I was in Barcelona three summers ago at a gaming conference, the World Gaming Executive Summit, where I was talking about a lot of these issues before a nice crowd. And um, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest calls me and says, we need to hire you. For what? We want people to bet on Nathan's Hot Dogs. I said, do you have rules? Well, not really. I said, well, when you develop rules and you have like an official, like uh, integrity platform, give me a call back. Mm -hmm. Oh, we'll hire somebody else. Paid somebody a fortune, didn't get them licensed, and then... Nathan's came back, and now you can bet on Nathan's hot dog eating. Last summer was the first summer you could do it. Two, this is the first year you could bet on the Oscars in Jersey. You could bet on the Oscars. Right? Wait, wait, they came to you first for the Nathan hot dog? Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. And then yeah. they paid double, by the way, I'm sure. Yeah, they paid somebody else. And why did you want to do it? Just No, no. I told them, develop, like, go out and get your integrity and rules in place. Yeah. If they don't have rules, I'm not going to sit here and make rules. I don't know shit about Nathan's hot dog eating, but I know you need rules in place. Sure. Okay. It's like um, uh, one of the big online companies just did a deal streaming minor league baseball. 
You can't bet on minor league baseball. Right. Okay. So now the question is, are they going to try to lobby to be able to bet on minor league baseball? If you could put controls in place, WWE is trying to be able to have people bet on their content. But we know that it's kind of a fixed thing. So yeah. that's going to be a challenge. It's got to be a real outcome that can't be manipulated. Final point on this, because I could talk all day. Um, I love football. I despise the NFL. Really? Yes. Why? Because I got a constitutional amendment in the New Jersey ballot passed with 67% approval in the summer, uh, I'm sorry, in November of 2011. Passed overwhelmingly. Republicans, Democrats, men, women, all age groups. The NFL brought an injunction to stop us. Why did they do that? Every bet that was placed in Nevada for the last 25 years and probably more, they got a clip of the ticket. If you bet on an NFL ticket in Nevada, it had the NFL logo on it. They claimed that by legalizing sports betting, you were going to jeopardize the integrity of the game. Well, what's going on in Nevada? And that turned into our 10-year battle. They are a bunch of hypocrites, but I do like their content. I like football. I don't hate football. I despise the NFL because I don't think, just like what they've done with players beating their wives, sexual harassment suits, brain injury, they deflect, they never address the core issue. Hmm. Interesting. And and they were so and they were allowed to take a piece of each bet? Yeah. Why? That's how they set it up. That's that's how it played out. They put their logo on it, so they got you know, we're giving you our logo, so we should get a percentage of each ticket. That's insane. It was in the it was in the Supreme Court briefs that we put. This case went from New Jersey federal court to the Third Circuit Court of Appeals to the Supreme Court. I thought we would win, but I never thought we'd win seven to two. I thought we'd win five and, to four. And what were you fighting for? To repeal the federal law of PASPA, the Professional Amateur Sports Protection Act which, by the way, was written by Bill Bradley, former New York Knickerbocker, former senator from New Jersey. He didn't like all the betting going on in the locker room, so he wanted to ban it. Got it. That law we repealed. Mm -hmm. And we repealed it saying, how can one state, Nevada, have the right to do something when the other states can't? Mm -hmm. So we got multiple attorney generals and governors from across the country, Republican and Democrat. Governor Christie was a big supporter of it as a Republican. And we got it repealed. We got the federal law turned over. Got it. So I guess in in short terms, how what makes the WWE different than the NFL as far as entertainment versus like what you're legally allowed to bet on one versus the other? So listen, if you have information, please share it. But I don't believe the NFL fixes games. If they do, then there's going to be a major investigation on that. You cannot game fix. That is not permitted and the regulators in sports betting, and I'll tell you a quick story. I want to answer the second question. Everybody knows the WWE is fixed. Of course. They have to sort that. And they have to prove that these are legitimate skill games with outcomes that are not predetermined. Mm -hmm. Now, this is interesting because you just taught me something. I never saw, and you know, once something's on social media, people believe it. Of course. I never saw the NFL fix a game. That's what right. people, the narrative, again, people love conspiracy theories nowadays. It's like the biggest thing. So anything that happens, there's going to be somebody that says, well, look at what really happened. And this is the right. quick, quick the story truth. you love. I was brought to Nevada and I'd been there dozens and dozens of times to go to sports books, to educate myself like politicians should do 
about what goes on behind a sports book. Mm-hmm. A sports book has guys like you that are called risk managers that develop the odds. You bring all the data in. This guy's hurt. This guy's going through a divorce. This guy just beat his wife. His wife just bet him. Yeah. He's injured. He's not. He's sort of injured, but he's coming back. Take all that information. You match them up and you put odds out. Now, those odds are very important because right. they got to be pretty accurate or within the margin. Everybody always says, how are these odds makers so accurate? That's what they do for a living. Right. When I went to a sports book, which I'll, I'll keep nameless, not because they did anything wrong. There were a lot of guys like you, young bucks, making decent coin, but they were paid by the leagues on top of their salary to police the game. Hockey, PGA, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, soccer, they would pay these young folks to police the games because the last thing the NFL needs is for people to think that the matches are fixed, true or not. Right. Now, when you say police, what were they actually doing? They were monitoring. Who's going to know if a game's fixed? You're going to know because John Rondy comes in all of a sudden, you know, Tennessee versus the Giants, and he just went the other way against the odds and put a million dollars in. Somebody's watching that. So they're policing as in like they're just betting on what they should be betting on to kind of keep the odds consistent? They're policing the betting, and they're also policing the outcome of the game. Interesting. Wow. Oh, it's huge. That's the I NFL never... would come tumbling down if anybody proved that there were match fixes. Of course, and that's why this, this crazy narrative online. I just, I'm, I'm glad we uh, debunk that, right? Well, people it. believe that. Of course, stuff. they do. You know, debunk. they just have no other reason not to. They put their uh, tin. What do they call it? Tinfoil hats on and conspiracize. Yeah. Conspiracize. That yeah. is another takeaway soundbite. Well, listen, I don't know about you, Johnny, but um, I enjoyed this. Yeah, I want to hear. I mean. We're wrapping this up. Where where are you going now? What's the future for Bill Pascrell the third? I'm he's leaving going, for Prague. He's tonight. going to Prague. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm speaking at the Gaming Americas event. I'll be the only American there talking to Eastern European countries about really? getting into the US market. The US market is in its infancy. Okay. The black market still multiples outweighs the legal market. Wow. I mean, black market betting is in the billions and billions of dollars. And the more states that legalize it, the more that there will be downward pressure on those black market entities. Why is there still a black market? Because I don't have to get a license. I don't have to hire a guy like Bill Pascrell. I could just go in and take bets. Mm-hmm. Nobody polices me. Half the times I don't pay the winners anyway. And who's going to get me? Yeah. So why would you <laughs> want to go and spend millions of dollars on a guy like me and get licensed and do it properly and make thin margins? By the way, the reason sports betting is got such a proliferation is the margins are thin in sports betting. Yeah. Like what the companies make is between three and 7% in online casino and poker multiples of that. Mm. So I'm hoping the industry puts a bigger focus on spreading out online gaming. That's one thing too. Payment processing is very important mm-hmm. for anti-money laundering and making sure that things are done properly. Payment processors should be licensed. There are good payment processors, many of whom I represent and there are bad payment processors. Um, and then the next vertical, although there's downward pressure on this, and you guys know this well, I'm sure you've talked about it before. What's happened with Signature Bank and SVP uh, has had a real bad impact on crypto. A crypto is used throughout the globe, but it hasn't been embraced in the US for gambling, okay? Um, and we know that 
the, 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 the pathway for crypto is through traditional banking. And as those banks collapse that are big feeders, that makes it more challenging. The other thing about the banking collapse or almost collapse, a few banks, we haven't gotten there yet, is the impact it has on startups. Startups like the guys behind these cameras now that could start up a tech company easy tomorrow, they need access to capital to get their tech done, to get designers, and to get it out there. It's not a cheap proposition, but that money's dried up. Right. Sorry, Dan and Maruf, you can't do it right now. I gotta wait. (laughs) We can give you a... That's what we have you guys. Billy can give you a a personal note, personal private note. But you know, you know, one other thing people may not realize: that how many languages do you speak? I barely speak one. There you go. All right. So he's going. He goes. Thank to all- God for Google Translate. Thank God, because I don't speak any Czech. But you go to all these countries, and you're obviously someone's translating for you. So I, I, I know you. I just wanted to mention that to you know people who are kind of tuning into that. Uh, well, good luck with your your trip. Thank I know you. when you get back, we'll reconnect and we'll probably see each other in another six months. <laughs> we have this, this thank goodness for texting and that we both know how to utilize it, right? Uh, this was enlightening to say the least. Anyone who has the slightest bit of interest in knowing more about online gaming and political influences and some other things topic to current news is going to want to tune into this and listen to you. Um, it has just been for me personally, uh, super fun. And uh, listen, I'm a fan of yours to begin with, but now to hear some of the, the things that you started with, some of your personal struggles and where you've evolved today and being, I just can't be more proud of you as a guy that I would say is in my small sphere of people that I enjoy aligning with. Right. So thank you, my man and cheers. And so all the best. Thank you, Johnny. Yeah, no, and, and again, we appreciate your time, especially knowing how busy you are. We always wrap up our podcast by asking two questions to the guest. One is going to be, what has been your most humbling experience of your life so far, and what has been your biggest accomplishment so far? You can answer in either order. Yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> hmm. I guess this was uh, your executive producer's way of trying to tease me into it yesterday, and I didn't think seriously about it. I think my <laughs> biggest accomplishment um, uh, in life uh, was being able to use a very, very traumatic experience uh, when I was 16 um, and somewhat depressed and focused on my health and use that as a motivator. I think that's the biggest accomplishment. I would also say parallels my four children. I have a 30-year-old, a 27-year-old, a 25-year-old, and an 8-year-old in two days. Wow. And I love all of them, and we all get along great, and they don't all have the same mother, but three of them do. <laughs> um, um, so so now my what was the other one the your biggest? most humbling something a moment that really checked you um i i'd have to say um an experience i had a few years ago when i was the county attorney of say county for 22 years and a politics changed your father was a big help at moving me on i would not go to certain client meetings and business events because I wanted to be at the freeholder board, the county commissioner's board to represent them. I didn't get reappointed after being there for 22 years. Wow. It was a political thing. Some people thought I was getting too big for my britches, too hot, or I, w- I wasn't kowtowing to them. I was giving my independence. Anyway, long story short, they brushed me. Mm-hmm. You could say they fired me, they didn't reappoint me. 
And I use that like I use my sickness to motivate me and my business exploded. Wow. So that's that was humbling. Right. Because it's not cool to have your ego bruised like that. We all want people to love us and not everybody will. Great, great soundbite to end on. Well, thank you guys for watching. Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Cheers, everybody. No one likes to talk about money. Am I saving enough? Can I buy a house? Am I paying too much in taxes? Will I be able to retire? What if you could unlock insights about your finances in less than five minutes with a clear picture of where you stand today and where your money can work harder? Now you can. Visit facet.com to take the free quiz and get your financial wellness score today. That's F-A-C-E-T This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth Incorporated is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency, where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Hi, I'm Wes Moore, Democratic Governor of Maryland. And I'm Jack Coburn, Republican Mayor of the town of Lonacuddy. Our different backgrounds and experiences mean we do a lot of things differently. But we can have our differences without being divisive or hateful. We can listen to the other side, ask questions, have important conversations. In the end, we might not be as far apart as we thought. Together, we can disagree better. A message from the National Governors Association.